first of all, it is clearly a bilateral connection uh, between your gut and your brain, going and sending information in two ways. And the information circulates through nerves, like the parasympathetic and, and, and sympathetic nerves, like the vagus nerves. Um, there is a clear um, demonstrated connection between your brain, a physical connection between your brain and your gut through these nerves. Um, but there is also obviously um, the blood. And in the blood, a lot of metabolites out of the microbiome, like vitamins that are really important for the brain, but also short-chain fatty acids, which have been documented to have a direct impact throughout the body, including the brain, these are released by the microbiome. And as I spoke a little bit earlier, there is in the blood also immune cells that spend a long time to be educated in the gut. Uh, and these immune cells actually, that are recirculating constantly throughout the body, are actually uh, in a way reacting to what's happening in the gut. Collective Insights is a voyage through topics and technologies revolutionizing human well-being. We explore the fields of neuroscience, integrative medicine, anthropology, optimal psychology, systems thinking, and existential risk. Groundbreaking approaches for a better world and a better life await you. Welcome to Collective Insights. Welcome to Collective Insights. My name is Tina Gammon, and I am producing this special episode Naveen Jain, CEO of Viome, joins us as our guest host, taking us on a thrilling discussion of how gut microbiome research is shaping the future of both disease prevention and longevity. This is your front row seat to a discussion highlighting how, in the ongoing fight against chronic disease, scientists have begun to turn to an army of unexpected allies, bacteria and other microorganisms. The future is bright, neurohackers. Enjoy the conversation. My name is Naveen Jain. I'm founder and CEO of Viome. Uh, a healthcare company that is fundamentally focused on preventing and curing chronic diseases, including cancer and aging. Today, it's an, my honor to be introducing you to Dr. Hanan. Dr. Hanan is uh, one of the experts in the field of immunology. And I think I'm going to have a conversation with him about his thoughts on COVID, his thoughts on immunity, his thoughts on staying healthy. How can we increase our longevity? How is our gut really connected to our brain? Why do people have this idea that uh, all diseases begin in the gut? Was Hippocrates actually right? Uh, with that, I'm going to have Dr. Hanan introduce himself briefly, and then we'll have a conversation right after that. Dr. Hanan? Yes, thanks a lot, Naveen. Hi, everybody. My name is indeed Emmanuel Anon, and um, I'm actually, I want to define myself as someone that is passionate, that really wants to understand and find new solutions against diseases. I spent more than 20 years in the vaccine industry developing vaccines against acute illnesses. Uh, but at the same time, I was really frustrated by the fact that we were not doing enough against chronic disorder. Um, basically not detecting them uh, early enough to activate an efficient treatment. But even most of the treatment against chronic disorder are symptomatic. They are not really actually going after the cause. And I think actually that there is a 
I like it that we will we might find very concrete solution um, against chronic disorder by better understanding the interaction of the microbiome and the human host. So that's actually what defines me, the intent. Uh, but otherwise, my background is I'm, I'm actually a doctor in veterinary medicine. I did a PhD and a postdoc for seven years, and I'm very excited to be here with you today. First of all, Dr. Hanan, um, you are a global head of R&D for Wyo, uh, a company that you and I are working together on. So let me start with simply asking you a question. You had a one cushy job working for a large pharmaceutical company. Why did you join Wyo? What is it that you see that we are doing here that was so exciting for you to uh, leave that job and join us here? And then I'm going to ask you other questions after. Yeah, as I told you, I, I define myself through the intent, even not actually the whole. But obviously, with the intent comes the whole. I basically um, joined Vio because for the first time, I saw a place that had the capability to understand, analyze, and actually extract critical information out of the interaction of the microbiome and the host. Um, and um, as I said earlier, in the intent of understanding and finding solution against chronic disorder, I actually deeply believe that up to now, most of those that tried didn't do that the right way. Uh, Viome is potentially the first company that is doing it the right way. Um, it has a unique database of close to 300,000 people for which molecular data, clinical phenotype have been collected. And that, together with the technology and the artificial intelligence ar architecture that has been created at Viome, it actually gives really the opportunity to potentially find these new solutions. And now, Dr. Hanan, coming back to you, uh, I would love for you to be able to explain to the lot of the people who may not be very familiar with what is this microbiome that you mentioned a couple of times in your initial uh, dialogue? That what is this microbiome? How does microbiome interact with the immune system? Because that interaction is what causes humans to have diseases. Yeah, so the microbiome is often defined as the additional major organ of the human body. It, very interestingly, it is not made of um, or own actually genetic code, it's made of uh, sometimes more than 1,000 different bacteria that are living in your gut constantly. These bacteria are doing a lot of things. Um, and I'm going to summarize that. These bacteria have been also um, associated when the, the, the equilibrium is not the right one with several disease states. Um, um, speaking about, for example, um, mood disorder, so impacting your brain, um, or what we call irritable bowel syndrome, which is actually uh, some kind of a bad feeling in your gut, uh, involved in metabolic disorder like type 2 diabetes, obesity, uh, neurodegenerative disease like Alzheimer's. So it, that, that anything that um, seems to alter the equilibrium that exists at the level of the microbiome has been, at least in several public publications available, associated with disease. Actually, the number of publications associating chronic disorders, the one that I just cited, 
with microbiome has grown exponentially over the last um, 10 years. And why is that? It, it, it is like that because the microbiome, these bacteria, and actually not only the bacteria, there is also the phage, viruses of bacteria, and other microorganisms living in your microbiome, they do different things. Um, they can produce vitamins, um, a short chain fatty acids, which are actually important for our metabolism. They uh, generate um, neuromediator, which are molecules that plays a really important role in your brain. Uh, they can even produce uh, hormones. Um, your gut is connected, and there is some kind of connection between the microbiome and actually the nerves. Um, and so there is some kind of bilateral information exchange. And then lastly, um, there is a super tight and constant interaction between this microbe and the immune system. So this immune system that is supposed to protect you against the invasion by a microbe of your body. But this is the dilemma that you have actually with the microbiome that is constantly with you, um, is that the immune system needs to be there, needs to be checking, but cannot be overactive. Otherwise, your gut would be constantly inflamed due to the activation of the immune system. But at the same time, this, this specific immune system needs to make sure that there is no dangerous bacteria, for example, that take the whole space in the gut, like Clostridium difficile, that can kill you, and, and in that case, act um, in a very selective and very um, um, efficient way. So um, we are speaking here about an extremely complex interaction between the microbiome and the host, and this very complex interaction um, is actually um, involving all these the different pro disease processes. And so the microbiome is one of the big hope moving forward for the pharmaceutical industry to actually to try to um, go after some of these interactions, modify them, and potentially have an impact on some specific disease process. One thing, Dr. Hanan, that, uh, you know, uh, very uniquely that uh, what Wyom does, that no other company has done, which is what really makes the whole thing very interesting is we don't just look at the human DNA or human genes. We look at how the human genes are expressed. Similarly, we're just not looking at what organisms are in your gut or in your mouth. We're looking at what exactly they are expressing or producing. Because at the end of the day, what they produce is what matters, not who they are. And really this idea of looking at the gene expression, both from microbes and human gene expression, how they interact with each other is the key. How do you look at this gene expression? Because no one else has done it. And how, what are the kind of things you are learning as you starting to see these unique interactions? So first of all, I look at it like going on Mars, to be really clear. Um, and this is one of the most exciting parts of this new job, actually, is to be in front of a long list of, a huge list of information coming from these individuals um, or from this population and trying to understand, trying to find if you, there is some kind of a meaning in all these moves. But as you say, then I want to insist on that. What's unique at Vio is that um, it makes actually the platform um, 
highly differentiated and competitive versus others is this ability not only to get the identity of the bacteria and the microbes present in your microbiome, but, but the information about what they are doing as we speak, um, which, which is critical. A tree without apples is not the same as a tree with apples. The difference is the apples, which is something that humans can eat. Um, but so it's not only important to know what bacteria are present, what they do, but even more importantly, what's the reaction, the molecular reaction of the host? And again, this is what's unique with the technique that Viome has developed is that actually with that very simple sampling of liquid biopsies, we are able to get the information from these three universes. And you, I promise you, it's a dictionary for each individual patient. It's a huge amount of information. So you, you actually, to, to be able to make sense of that huge amount of information, you need to combine the platform with an artificial intelligence capability so that you can begin to digest that huge amount of information, identify molecular signature that are um, specific of disease process or actually healthy process and, and potentially uh, begin to design therapeutic intervention or wellness intervention. And you can do different things, but let, let me first of all um, go back to the a classical um, um, concept. Disease are defined with a set of symptoms that you develop. And these symptoms um, are well-defined. Sometimes we use, in addition, um, classical, what we call biomarker, like a blood test or an imagery, um, so um, like a radioscopy um, to confirm the diagnosis of a given disease. Um, what Viome offers, and actually has been already able to, in a way, demonstrate for at least one disease, is that instead of waiting for the symptoms or waiting for the appearance of the classical biomarker, we are going with um, a, a set of molecular markers that likely um, appears before the symptoms and before the classical uh, biomarker. So it gives you the ability to detect um, a disease process before it's going to be visible, um, before its detection using the conventional methodologies. For example, the oral and throat cancer, uh, cancer detect uh, methodology that has been developed by Viome is not only able to detect uh, at a higher level of sensitivity specificity than the classical methodology, close to 90% or actually above 90% of specificity sensitivity, but it also can detect earlier stage of the disease. This is, I can tell you, transformative. This will save lives because treatment will be um, started much earlier than it was before. And for example, for oral and throat cancer, the probability of living are five years after the diagnosis only 50%. So it matters a lot and it will save lives. So this approach of using molecules rather than symptoms to characterize, to detect the possibility of a presence of a disease can be expanded to many other chronic disorders 
And that creates the possibility to obviously activate a treatment much earlier. That's one of the possibilities that um, the Viome technology offers. Now, as you are able to identify the molecules that are involved in a pathogenic process, you are basically reading out the pathogenic process that is happening. And basically, that also means that um, the same methodology can be used as what we call a companion diagnostic, so which is classically a methodology that you associate with a treatment to monitor whether the treatment is working or not, as the treatment usually goes after the pathogenic process. But actually, there is an additional application in that field, which is what we call prognosis, trying to predict what will be the uh, efficacy of the treatment. Viome has actually been able already to demonstrate um, and predict the effectiveness of metformin in type 2 diabetes. And there is no reason why we would not expand that beyond um, um, type 2 diabetes. We simply need the time to demonstrate it. So these are the screening, diagnostic, prognosis application. There is a lot of therapeutic application. I can speak about it if you want. Please do. Please go ahead, continue. So um, as I told you, um, as we are in the, really in the center of what we call the pathogenic process, the process that creates the disease, you basically have the list of actors, both from the human body, as well as potentially the microbiome that are involved in the disease process. And this is the, close to be the dream for a scientist that is trying to identify new targets um, to inhibit or to favor, to manipulate the disease process, or um, to basically target specific microbes to prevent them to interact a certain way with the host and trigger specific mechanism. So we use actually that information also as a way to identify uh, what we call therapeutic targets. So a list of um, targets that we are considering um, in as a candidate for uh, the development of a new generation of therapeutics. And it goes back to your point around, yes, most of the treatment against chronic disorder, there are few exceptions, obviously, uh, but most of them are symptomatic. Um, we have the ambition, at least for few, maybe not all, but certainly as, as long list as possible, to identify actually therapeutic targets for which therapeutic might be actually curative um, or at least stop the progression of the disease. That would be transformative in that field. Can, can I say, because you spoke earlier about biological aging, and I wanted um, to refer about a recent publication that um, once more um, show a connection between aging and the microbiome. So first of all, Viome actually made a publication um, showing that it was able using uh, microbiome data or actually human gene data. They can use these two sources of information. Viome is able to predict your biological age. Um, so there is something in your microbiome that is synchronized with your aging in a way. And um, um, the recent publication showed that it was possible uh, by transferring the microbiome of young mice into old mice to get the, the old mice um, reacting 
in terms of behavior, in terms of learning, like young mice. So in a way, a microbiome in that case rejuvenates um, the um, health, the neuronal health of the um, old mice. This is really fascinating, but actually totally in alignment with the finding that Viome did a while ago, which was the fact that, they, yes, there is indeed a big difference in terms of microbiome of aged individuals versus young individuals. Understanding the tight interaction between the microbiome and, and the host might actually um, pave the way to new kind of intervention um, that, that could uh, potentially prevent aging or at least prevent disease associated with aging. One thing, Dr. Hanan, everyone is worried about is our brain. How does gut and a brain and how does microbiome affect your brain? Because to me, that's just so amazing to see these microbes sitting in our gut are like a puppet master pulling the strings and affecting our brain and mood, our, our mood and everything else. Yeah, so that's a fascinating topic. Um, but we know it, actually. The, first of all, um, let, let me give you a very concrete example where this, what we call gut-brain axis, has been um, um, made visible to you. Uh, you. I'm sure you remember the last time you had a gut problem. I mean, when you have a gut problem, you feel very bad. Um, your whole body, including actually your brain, your mood, is, is really impacted. There is also an expression called my gut feeling. Um, um, while actually it speaks about what you think in your brain. Um, so this um, gut-brain axis, at least, in, uh, seems to be actually um, known uh, empirically since many, many years. Now, we have actually... Um, collected many, many more information that materialize the connection. First of all, it is clearly a bilateral connection uh, between your gut and your brain, going and sending information in two ways. And the information circulates through nerves, like the parasympathetic and, and, and sympathetic nerves, like the vagus nerves. Um, there is a clear um, demonstrated connection between your brain a physical connection between your brain and your gut through these nerves. Um, but there is also, obviously, um, the blood. And in the blood, a lot of metabolites out of the microbiome, like vitamins, that are really important for the brain, but also short-chain fatty acids, which have been documented to have a direct impact throughout the body, including the brain. These are released by the microbiome. And as I spoke a little bit earlier, there is in the blood also immune cells that spend a long time to be educated in the gut. Uh, and these immune cells actually that are recirculating constantly throughout the body are actually uh, in a way reacting to what's happening in the gut. Um, and um, it is actually, there are several hypotheses connecting what we call neuroinflammation, which is happening with Parkinson or Alzheimer's disease with actually this chronic activation of the immune system that recirculates in the blood. And finally, and, and not the last one, um, the, the gut microbiome is producing what we call neuromediator. These are actually the molecules that the brain uses to function 
And believe it or not, 90% of serotonin, one of these major neuromediators, are produced by the gut, not by, by your body. It's produced by the gut microbiome. It's the same for dopamine, the reward um, neuromediator. It's the same for noradrenaline. It is the same for GABA, gamma um, aminobutyric acid. All these uh, neuromediators are extremely well known to play a critical role in mood, in anxiety, in depression. Um, and it's actually your gut microbiome plays a major role in producing them either too much or not enough. And um, understanding really the interaction will make a major step change. Um, in understanding these diseases. Dr. Hanan, as we wrap up here, I just wanted to ask you a few things. Uh, you know, as you have been analyzing this data uh, and you have been looking at the things that most people would never see, this, I mean, this is an amount of information. As a scientist, it's like being a kid in a candy store. You're seeing this new information that is going to change the understanding of human biology. It is actually rewriting what we thought was going to happen in our body. And you are right at the forefront of actually this cutting edge thing that you see every day. What are the you know, three or four or five things that you have seen in the last six months that just absolutely surprises you? It's like, my God, I would have never thought that. Um, so um, without disclosing ongoing yeah. work, that requires a further, um, let's say, um, uh, demonstration of the robustness of the finding. Um, I'm in front of some kind of a um, paradox. Um, on one end, um, we are definitely digesting, extracting from a huge mass of information, some kind of meaning and connection between different disease states and comparing with healthy people. And one of the things that fascinates me is that it does not look like there is a lot of things that we need to put on the table to actually um, um, and let's not understand, but let's say um, associate with a, with a disease state. So it, it looks like there are only a few set of bacteria for which the presence or the absence seems to be close to be automatically associated with a disease state. If that finding is confirmed, that's an extremely good news. Um, instead of discovering that you need a, a consortium of 200 different bacteria to be, to, let's say, to prevent a disease, or that's much more complex to translate into a, a concrete application. So this short number of finding, I'm very impressed um, to actually be in a position um, where on one end we have huge amount of information, but at the end it's always like the same usual suspects that seems to be present in specific disease state. Is it uh, just the presence or absence or what they are actually doing, both. what they are producing? This is what also what is fascinating is that in some cases it is the absence of a specific bacteria that is associated with disease. Um, um, and the healthy states is actually associated with abundance of a given bacteria doing something specific, which is always um, yep. uh, in other cases, um, at least in one other cases, it's rather the presence of a consortium of bacteria that seems to be associated with a disease state. Um, 
and um, 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 I mean, more work needs to be done, but, but, but it's again fascinating to see the same cluster that is actually present from irritable bowel syndrome, colon polyp, inflammatory bowel disease up to colorectal cancer. This is fascinating, and I hope we will be able to further investigate that specific uh, aspect. And finally, um, as I told you earlier today, um, it, it really looks for me like landing on Mars and being able to be the first to observe um, what's the land and how is that. And so being able in a single uh, analysis to get this post-microbial interaction is um, actually, it's amazing to be able to do that. And we are still actually trying to digest the amount of information to find the simplest, easiest, and most conclusive way to perform our analysis, because you can lose yourself in the ocean mm -hmm. of data that are generated. I'm going to give you the last word here on if you were to leave the audience with something they can do today, what is the thing that you give them the hope that the future for us as humanity is brighter than ever? And for them to not to feel that we have lost this, we are losing the battle, as opposed to we are actually in the forefront of the humanity is going to win this battle. How do you give people hope or despair because they hear nothing but bad news every day? Yeah, I think, you know, we, if you want to change the world, you need to start to change yourself. I think it's valid also for your health. You know, if you want to improve the health of the world, you need to improve first your health. And um, I'm now working at Zion since six months, but I've been interested in the field since many years. Uh, but over the last six months, more than ever, I got the confirmation of the importance of the microbiome. And in a way, the, um, um, the importance of the diet that we are um, having um, um, in, in our society, the diet we consume is sometimes dramatically uh, impacted by processing. It's really important to take care and, and pay attention to that. Um, and in a way, I, I think that's really the chance that Viome offers to people that wants to understand and find, um, um, let's say, legitimate and reasonable solution moving forward. With that, I'm going to conclude this discussion with Dr. Hanan, and thank you very much. Thanks a lot. This podcast is for informational purposes only. The podcast is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should not use the information on the podcast for diagnosing or treating a health problem or disease, or prescribing any medication or other treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider before taking any medication or nutritional, herbal, or homeopathic supplement and with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this or any other podcast. Reliance on the podcast is solely at your own risk. Information provided on the podcast does not create a doctor-patient relationship between you and any of the health professionals affiliated with our podcast. 
Information and statements regarding dietary supplements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to therein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician. This podcast is owned by Neurohacker Collective.